No, we're so excited. We are continuing our fight series today. Uh, this is really Fight Gear 3, and it sounds like a new game for, that they're coming out with on Xbox or something, doesn't it? All these guys are like, did you say Xbox? All of a sudden, they're gone for the rest of the service up here. Um, but we're excited. This is Fight Gear 3. We have had a wonderful time, really I'm giving you some breaks in between with some folks coming to share from their hearts, uh, missionaries and also friends from afar, New Zealand, uh, saying, what the fat, that was fun. Um, so... <laughs> You, you've been really open to a lot of things here lately, which I'm excited for because we want to make sure uh, that we get a good, well-rounded focus. Our next series coming up is Gratitude, which I love. Gratitude is something good that we need to have in our lives. Uh, will change you in many, many, many different ways when you have it. So that's coming up in November. But we are going to finish up fight here the next couple weeks. Hopefully next week, no problem. There is so much, so much stuff here. Uh, you know what I mean? When it comes to studying the Word of God that... You you could just spend days and hours on, but you know what we like to do? Make sure it makes sense and make sure you get out of here, okay, kind of thing, because you can't be the church in the church. You get with me on this? All right, let's do this. All right, so we start at the Art of War, the recap. Again, we understand who we are fighting. We know our foe. You can just roll through these slides. It's totally fine. I just want you to get the visual. Yet We understand who our struggle is with and against, uh, sometimes ourselves, mostly, uh, but we do understand that we have an adversary and that he is out to get us. We know who he is. We know who we are to fear. Okay, this is the Cliff's Notes version. We know how to fight, and we know how to be free, and that's key for us as believers. You can check that out on our podcast, if not, and hear more. Our next step was being strong. It's understanding that we have this strength, this this power, this, this, this um, explosive strength, right? I remember when I used to work out, which was a long... Do I remember when I used to work out? Um, that was, I think that was like college. I don't even remember how far back that was, but I used to go weightlifting with this buddy, and he had really short arms, okay? So it was easy for him to lift stuff. And then you get old long lanky here, right? And he's like, explode! I'm like, dude, shut up. Look at your arms. All right, I got a long way to go. All right, for you, it's easy to, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Isn't that funny? Um, but for you, it's easy to explode. For me, I'm about to explode up here. It's called an aneurysm, okay? But we understand the strength, this explosive strength of God's power that it was made for us, uh, that it is necessary for our fight. We understand that. That is not a one hit wonder. What we experienced this morning, uh, Aiden and I riding in the car, a lot of those one hit wonders, but I loved them and I was jamming to them. And the people around me were probably wondering, what's wrong with this guy? Because I was, you know, all kinds of stuff was happening. It's not a one hit wonder, okay? He's going to do it again. He's going to do it again. He's going to do it again. That's the way he operates. This is yours for the taking. You have to grab a hold of this power, you have to walk with it, understanding what it is and what it can do in your life. All right. Remember, it's that Kratos I talked about it that raised Christ from the dead. This is legit stuff that you have at your disposal. You hear me here. It is legit. It is real. And you will see this power being realized in your life when you grab a hold of it, when you take it for yourself. We looked at Ephesians 6 and we talked about the ability to stand. That's so key for us, the ability to stand in the midst of all kinds of craziness of life. It is hard. He said, finally, remember, stand, finally, stand. This understanding that we can stand with the belt of truth. And we look at that Roman soldier, right? The epitome of fitness and health, all right? Just like the guy I see in the mirror every single day, just like that. I think I turned it to like a, an 18-pack, not even, a, you know, it's, it's bad. It's really bad. It's totally a joke. It's bad. But we talked about putting on the belt and how the belt is so important for our lives. Why? Because it is the truth. 
We need the truth in our lives, the Word of God. And everything attaches and hinges from that. If I don't have a belt on, literally, it's going to be bad news. I'm telling you, all right? I, it's bad. People around me, those that work with me when I'm doing building stuff, pray for them beforehand because it's not a good situation all right you need to have the belt you need to have the word in your life why because it gives you the ability to walk in righteousness don't you love big words church and ease right you know or christian ease aren't those fun righteousness right standing are you with me right standing the belt of truth gives us the ability to stand in right standing with god simplify it right standing and it's so key for us we need to be able to stand and right standing with him. And he will help us with that as he equips us also with that breastplate of righteousness, right? We heard about that, the breastplate of righteousness. And this thing is amazing for us. Why? Because we understood the MO of the enemy. What he loves to do, it's like taking that rock, right? Remember that? And throwing it against the wall, throwing it against the wall, throwing it against the wall. That's the visual that you get with this armor that you have, this breastplate of righteousness. He keeps trying to throw it against you, throw it against you, throw it against you, and tries to, to penetrate some way possible to take you out. But the good thing about it is that with time and as we wear it more and more, it gets more and more beautiful. Does it not? It gets more and more beautiful and more and more resilient and, and even better, so much so that not only does it protect us in that way, but also sends out blinding light from God, if you will, that will, will help us as we go out on the offensive and fight. Is that not amazing? Amazing, I think it is. We understand this. Why do we need it to take our stand? Because we have an enemy, and you heard about how he is. He's like a prosecutor consistently and constantly trying to plead his case against you to take you down to take you out. He wants, God wants to put us in right standing with him. He wants to put us in right standing with him. Last week, we talked about this, this understanding of having a holy confidence, right? Are you with me? A holy confidence, this understanding um, that we can, we can stand before God, that we are not condemned, all right? That we are not condemned, but we are people that stand before him that are been made righteous, that we are without spot or wrinkle, right? We are his church, that understanding that we have this holy confidence. That's what it looks like in our lives. And another thing that he gives us is a good attitude. This is like a hashtag struggle for me. Anybody else with me on this? <laughs> Inside jokes are always fun. Um, this is a struggle. It does not take much for the attitude to go out the window. Anybody with me? Can I get some revival hands here, okay? Because, wow, it, it's... Kara, she prays often for this. Um, I should have the same attitude as, as Christ, yes, but did, when I stub my toe, okay, I'm not very happy about it, all right? Is anybody with me? Or, okay, the, the plight of a father, if you have children who have Legos, when you step on those landmines, okay, that take you down, all right? Dads, you know what I'm talking about there. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's Seriously, you just throw them out. If you, you want home defense, don't worry about Smith & Wesson. Just get Legos. They're going down. And just put a sign, shoes off, please, okay? You'll be good to go. <laughs> Holy confidence, a good attitude is so key for us. And then a clear mind, a renewed mind, something that is clear. This is so important for us. It is so important for us to have a clear mind when we approach him and when we approach others. Why? Because so many things cloud our minds. I don't know if you're anything like me, I'm always thinking. You're like, I thought the elevator didn't go up that high. No, it does, okay? I don't just stare at fans for fun and people say, bless his heart, okay? I am thinking a lot, and one of the things I need is a clear mind in that respect. But also in this world, we need a clear mind. There's so many things that cloud our abilities to think clearly and approaching 
the Lord. We need, a, we need this righteousness in our lives. So today, we're going to up it a little bit more. Another way that we are to stand, another way, another weapon that we have, and, and as we open the safe and our artillery there, all right, and our arsenal, we look around and we see another weapon that we need to help us stand, and this is the shoes of peace. You're like, okay, shoes, peace, fight, war, peace. What? I don't quite get this. Just bear with me and it'll make sense in just a moment. Ephesians 6, 13 through 15. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness, the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. With the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. You're thinking, shoes of peace. Okay, maybe you go in your closet. Ladies, how many have a lot of shoes? Just be real with me. Or anybody? There, thank you. That honesty pays. It really does. Bless you. All right, I love shoes. Dude, that's why Carl's laughing, because he's the same way. All right? you Guys, you love shoes? Anybody love? I see those hands. God bless you. All right? I, you can have a different Neil smiling, too, because he's the same way. You can have a different pair of shoes for every outfit. Some people call that metro. I call it looking good, okay? Um, when you have kids, you have less shoes. Amen. Um, but the shoes of peace, there's, this is one of the most important things you can ever put on for the day. As I get much older, and it's happened. I'm halfway to 70 now. That happened really quick, it seemed like. Um, as I get older, I am so picky about what I put on my feet, right? Kara doesn't like to go shoe shopping with me. You know why? It takes about four days. Seriously, I'm looking online first. I'm, I'm researching Amazon, bless the Lord. Amazon does great on reviews, okay, especially for old 35-year-olds that are like, well, I have this problem with my ankle, that's me, you know, or sometimes my toes hurt, that's me, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> I get these awesome reviews so I can pick the best pair of shoes. Hiking boots is my new thing, right? Hiking boots. I, I want to get out there and do some hiking. Anybody love hiking? Right, and it's so important because I don't have any of them. Last time I went hiking, it was called tennis shoes, wrong shoes. Okay, and I, I, I again researched online, went to Amazon, went up to uh, Field and Stream in Washington, PA. Love that place. It's like Holy Grail. Okay, fun. I uh, went up there and I was trying on shoes because I knew I could get shoes from Cabela's if from from the same. If I could find the same there, I wouldn't have to drive to Wheeling. Anybody like this? Anybody else neurotic when it comes to making sure you make a good decision? Okay, so I went there, tried them on, thought they'd be perfect, ordered them in, too small. Oh, thank you. Do you, do you mean that? So this was like a, was a good moment there, bro. Um, too small. But I tell you what, it is so key for me if I ever want to get out there on the trails to get these things fitting right because shoes are so essential to whatever you do. They are the most important thing that you can. You got to keep your feet healthy, right? You got to make sure that your dogs are breathing right, that they're healthy. There's not any blisters. They're not. We don't get the rest of that because that can get nasty really quick. You got to make sure that your feet are healthy. It's so key, and the have the right shoes. And when we think about this and the full armor, it's even more important. Okay, and we're going to get to this more. We're going to, we're going to open it up more. But I want us to just begin first to, to look at what this peace aspect looks like. Let's, let's define it. Let's take a moment to define it. Peace. It's a peace that prevails 
or a conquering peace. It's that understanding that it's something that, that goes above and beyond. With these new hiking boots that I'm going to have here soon, because I have to actually, I'm going to try to go <laughs> to Field and Stream and switch them. It's the same kind. Why not try it? Okay, get a 13 instead of a 12. Bless the Lord. I can get hiking. It's the key for me, though, if I ever want to conquer any types of mountains in my life, that i got to get some better shoes. I can't mess around with tennis shoes anymore. Kara's like, you don't need them. You don't hike that much. I said, because I ain't got no boots. How can you hike without boots? Come on. You guys line up after service and tell her he needs his boots. All right? Or fellas be like, yo, he needs his boots. All right? But peace, how can we conquer without this type of peace? Two kinds of peace that a believer experiences. The first is this, peace with God. Peace with God. The second is the peace of God. Let's look at the peace with God. This is the peace that a believer experiences upon salvation. This is the type of peace, the excitement, this overwhelming excitement that they experience with salvation when they come to the saving knowledge of Christ. And we remember this. If you think back, think back to when you gave your heart to him. Think back to the time when you totally gave up yourself and you said, I'm at the end of myself. I'm at the beginning of you. What was that feeling you felt? Remember? Remember that? It's like the first time you met your spouse kind of thing or future spouse, whatever. I remember. I was like, she just came bobbing down the hallway. I literally remember it with her big curly hair, wearing her, her gray gap sweatshirt and shorts. I was like, well, hello. I love Christian college. She was there to get her MRS degree, ended up with a degree in counseling. And me, hallelujah. <laughs> Who won on that? This guy. I remember that feeling, though, man. I was just like, be still my heart. Oh, my Lord. Okay. And as, as we progressed in our relationship, the peace grew and grew and grew between us, eventually being married and having kids, and the rest is history. But I remember that. I remember when I, when I finally gave, gave up and came to the end of myself, January 21st, 1998, at a church service at night. And I said, I'm done. I have no peace. Everything is crazy in my life. I'm done, man. I'm done. And I felt, I felt God just say, here you go. Let me take that off of you. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, peace. So the family problems, you know what I'm saying by this? The eventual whatever divorce stuff and all that that mom and dad went through and all of the yelling and the fighting and all of that and the brokenness and peace. All the insecurity, all the fear, all the frustration, peace. You know what I'm talking about. If you don't, today's your day kind of thing. But I remember that sense of peace. Do you know what I'm talking about? Nod your head if you know where I'm coming from with this. Maybe it's been a while since you felt it. You'll get it again, though. Peace, Colossians 1, 19 through 22. For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Peace, right standing 
How cool is that feeling when you walk into the home of your family and you feel peace versus all the anxiety, the fear, the frustration that you may feel? I remember that. I love coming home to my wife and children. Why? Because it's a place of peace. A lot of people like to visit, okay, which is fine. Why? Because it's a place of peace. Because God is in us and he's created that, created that around us. Why do people like coming to the foundry? Because you are a people of peace. Peace with God. So important. And then there's this, the peace of God. This comes by, by way of your ongoing relationship with God. This is the journey of faith. That type of understanding. The walking out of your faith with him. This is the type of peace that helps us to not walk in a sense of constant uh, fretfulness. You know what I'm saying by that? Of anxiety or worry and all kinds of turmoil that we carry with us. This is the peace of God. This is the, the peace that protects us as God's kids. Peace protects us. This is where you get the armor understanding in here, okay? Peace that protects us. The kind of peace that rules and dominates our lives. Colossians 3.15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. This rule is a visual understanding, a picture that Paul was painting of like an umpire, okay, or a referee, all right? Do you remember the, the, the old ancient Roman games? Okay, a lot of them, they needed to put more clothes on, obviously. You probably remember hearing about that, which was super awkward, I'm sure. But these guys are referees running around, this, 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 this understanding that these guys controlled it all. They ruled all of the games. What they said went, period, okay? And this is something that Roman culture could understand, all right? I didn't know this, and you may know this, any of you that watch football, those guys that stand on the sidelines, have you ever seen them on the sidelines? You're like, yeah, they're players. No, bear with me, okay? Um, the guys, I think it's like a red color shirt. Is this right? Or jacket? Anybody know what I'm talking about there? These are the guys that control the programming for television. Did you know that? Am I right here or am I wrong? Am I with this? Are you that guy? Oh, okay. <laughs> He's like, sure. How will this benefit me? Um, we're going to pay you one million nothing. Okay, yen. Um, so these guys control everything, do they not? They control everything where it's like, all right, we got to cut to a break. Why? Because they're not going to be on TV if they ain't got some money rolling there to support it, okay? It's one of these understandings. And we can, we can understand that today. We can get that. Paul was making it so that these guys could understand then that this guy ruled and reigned everything. This guy ran the whole show. So often, we think that we can do it better. We like to call the shots, right? How's that working out for you? For me, it was terrible. And when I get that way even now, it's terrible. I'd rather let her call the shots. That's great. I'm kidding. But I need to make sure that the ruler of my life is calling the shots. This is where you get the peace. Because it ain't on you. It's on him. How big are his shoulders? You think about it. He can bear it all. He does every single day in every single person's life. He bears it all. I trust him. He gives me that peace that whatever is going through here, the anxiety, the turmoil, the fear, whatever's going on, that he's ruling it. He's got it covered. He knows the beginning from the end. He's my dad, right? He's my dad, and he loves me. I'm more than happy to listen to him and everything that he says because he's proven himself over time to be faithful. He's good. 
He's God. He calls the shots. Listen to this. Satan can't play games with your emotions or your mind when they are being governed by peace. That's what he loves to do, play games. Get up in your head, that small expanse in between. Mine's a little bit smaller than others. That small expanse in between where he can get in there and play the tricks, the games, set the snares, do all those things to get you isolated, to get you by yourself so he can tell you every little thing that he wants. But God's peace reigns in all of that. God's peace is greater. He's more powerful, and he's stronger to help us get through that. He wants us, he wants our minds to be pure, and he wants to govern every aspect of our lives. So this is God's definition of peace that has been afforded to all mankind. The peace of God that floods our lives to the point, uh, that point of conversion when we are forever changed, and, and that, that peace that goes with us every day in our lives. But I have another question for you. Not just what is peace, but what does peace bring to our lives? What does peace do for us every single day? And there's just a few things that I want to share with you. But first, I want to make sure we get our context here. Ephesians 6, 13 through 15, again, Therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, which means it will come, we know this in everyday life, it happens, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm. Then with the belt of truth, again, you remember that? The breastplate of righteousness, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Let's take a look at these shoes, this understanding of what we're fitted with. You'll see the shoes come up here on your screen in just a second. Shoes were not just the shoes. Okay, you see that? There's more than, than just the shoes on your screen. You also see what's called the greaves. All right, you see these greaves here, and uh, they would go from the top, like above your knee, down to the top of the shoe and would rest upon the shoe. But you see these shoes, they have spikes on them, and those are worn down spikes from what historians say. They, they could go from one to three inches, okay? That's some deadly shoes right there. Ladies, you would kill for those, wouldn't you, okay? You think your one stiletto is amazing. Try 150, okay? Um, but these are these shoes that, that, were, that enabled people to, to stand, enabled people to fight in that time. And there's some things that are important about them. Let me just show you a little bit about the shoe itself and then the greaves as well. Made of two pieces of metal were the shoes. On the top and the bottom, and the foot was covered with fine pieces of brass, and on the side of the shoe was held together by durable pieces of leather. On the bottom, again, you would find these extremely dangerous spikes affixed there. Okay, The greaves were made from like a tube-shaped metal, and you can see that there that would, would cover the leg in that way. Um, and they were the piece that was so important because they were defensive in nature and they would protect uh, the soldier from bruises, lacerations, or even a broken leg, which would definitely make him unfit for the fight. All right, we know that. Please make sure. It's so important. If any of you have ever been working outside in any capacity, you always make sure that you protect yourself, right? If you're taking hikes, if you're doing that kind of stuff as well, you protect yourself, you protect your legs. And if you're around anything like heavy equipment and things like that, you make sure you're super protected, all right? If you're fighting as a Roman soldier, you make sure you're uber protected kind of thing. And these guys, they could not afford to have anything happen to their bodies. They couldn't afford it. Because if one man went down, it was a domino effect, right? We know this. And we're only as strong as our weakest link in our lives. And if you think about it, your shins, 
You ever been kicked in the shin? You're like, yes, I have a little brother or a cousin or a nephew or something that loves to just come up and say, hey, how are you? Or do the combo. That's even worse, okay? <laughs> Depend upon height. All right? But you know what I'm talking about. You have to stay protected. These pieces are so important as we fight for three reasons, three things that I want to share with you this morning. Number one is this, for, fir- for firm footing, a firm footing. Ephesians 6.15, you said this, you've seen this before, and with your feet fitted with the readiness, the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Readiness is another word for preparation, right? You see that. This idea of something being solid and in place, right? Something with firmness and a, a solid foundation. If you think about spikes that are about one to three inches long, you're going to be able to get in some ground there, right? You might not even be able to move them in some places. But have anybody ever played baseball, you know, or played football, you know, which you have the cleats on, or uh, field hockey or any of that stuff, uh, lacrosse even? You know what I'm talking about here. You're only as good as your footing. You're only as good. How, how can you do it? How can you juke them out if you don't have some good footing? How can you go back and forth if you do not have a firm foundation? A firm footing is so essential to our fight because without it, we are destined to slip and stumble. And you think about that. You've been there before when you have the slick shoes on versus the shoes that have grip. When you have a good firm footing and when you don't, things are bound to happen. You end up on your back. Been there plenty of times. Firm footing gives us the confidence that it takes to step out without fear of failure, anxiety, and worry. And you think about a Roman soldier. If he knew that his footing was good, he would take on any terrain. He would go to any place whatsoever because he was not afraid because he knew that his foot would not slip. When we think about this peace that comes from our relationship with Jesus, it's a firm footing, isn't it? Would you agree with me? It really is because we can always come back to this, this peace that we have of God, peace of God as we walk every single day. We have a sense of confidence because I can be honest with you, life will always throw you curveballs. That's just the nature of life. There will always be surprises. There will always be things that are just just thrown down your alley of life where you will be hit in all different directions. And if you do not have a firm footing, you will slip, stumble, and fall. It is the nature of life. So what do we have to do? Make sure we got some good shoes. Make sure that you have that anti-skid, anti-slip, anti-marking even. Come on, we want clean floors too. Anything, whatever it takes, so that you will not slip and stumble in the midst of it. This firm footing enables us to stand in the midst of the hardest struggles and greatest storms of life because of the faith that is produced in these moments. 1 Corinthians 16, 13, be on guard, stand firm in the faith. Oh, That was cool. The end. Hey, it's, it happens, man. It's all right. It's possessed. Lord, I just pray now. You touch it. Touch it, Lord. Okay. Um. It's okay. Was that something blowing up? That's fine. Stand firm in your faith. The second scripture, 2 Corinthians 1.24. It is by faith that you stand firm. Boom! There it is. In scripture, New Testament, you see this, that standing firm and the ability to stand is inextricably licked. <laughs> licked. How many licks does it take to get? Uh, linked 
to faith. Faith. It's so important for us. You know times you've been without faith. Times you've been without hope. Right? But there's just something about when you got those new shoes. When you walk out. I remember that as a kid. You remember when you went to school and you got your new kicks? You're like, you're walking like this. Everybody's talking. You're like, hey, how are you? And they're like, good? Oh, nice shoes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? And you're like, oh, oh new Nikes. Great as a kid, right? It changes things when you, when you believe. Think about it. You know stuff's going to hit you, but when you believe that God is in control and that his peace is with you, you're good. doesn't matter what hits you. It may even push you back a little, but your footing, you've done tug of war before, right? That's always fun. He who has the most stickiest shoes wins kind of thing, right? I'd carry him to camp. I'd carry cleats to camp when I was a kid because I know we'd be doing it at, at Christian camp. That's what you do. You play tug of war all day long. It's a struggle. The war is real. God came through. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> I'm not entangled by the enemy, you know, whatever. There's all, all those things where they made sense of it somehow. But I would carry even cleats and all the best shoes possible because I was not going to lose a tug of war. I'm like, put me at the end of the rope because I like to eat too much then too when I was a kid. I was that kid, plus size model, you know. I, I wanted to make sure that I was firmly grounded in those moments. And faith does that for us, doesn't it? Regardless of what comes our way, We are planted. We are firmly planted. God's good. The second result of having peace in our lives is unfailing protection. Unfailing protection. When we look further into the grieves, okay, and how they function in our lives, we get this overwhelming, like I said before, visual of protection. This understanding that your your legs, your your shins. I still, because I fell one time really bad when I was a kid. I cried for about three months. I fell really bad and hit the front of my shin. I think it chipped that bad boy. I was running up bleachers, which don't do that. Those don't mix. It was fun to watch, though, I'm sure everybody, because they were like this, pointing and ha-ha kind of thing. It was great. It was middle school, awkward as it could be anyways, all right? But I remember when I hit my shin that day and how that literally took me down. I'm like, oh, down in between the bleachers, almost crying and stuff, but sucking it up because it was already awkward enough being there. You need protection like this, and we have an unfailing protection. If I just would have worn my soccer pads all the time, I would have been fine. But I didn't have any, okay? Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I love this. This is like one of my favorite portions of Scripture. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, lovely, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. To guard you. Again, our mind. It is so hard to reconcile life through our minds because we think, I don't have any firm footing. I don't have this sense of peace. I don't have a guard in my mind that's looking out for me all the time. I don't think I'm good enough. I don't think I'm smart enough. I don't think I'm able. I don't have this. I don't have that. The Bible says, think on these things. That's simplified. Think on these things. Don't think about that. Don't put your mind there. Put it with him. 
Set up a guard. That is a, it's a guard is a garrison that protects or looks out for you. Isaiah 26, 3 through 4. You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever for the Lord. The Lord is the rock eternal. He humbles those who dwell on high. He lays the lofty city low. He levels it to the ground and casts it down to the dust. Trust in the Lord forever. Rick Renner says this, When God's peace is active in your life, it surpasses all natural understanding and its ability to protect, guard, keep, and defend you from the enemy's attacks. When this is active in your, when you have an active thought life, an active guard placed toward God in your life, it sets the enemy at bay. Think about that. Whatever you entertain will grow. Whatever you feed will grow. Think about that. Kara and I have no green thumb whatsoever. Remember the other at the beginning of summer, she's like, I'm going to grow my own basil. It's going to be great. I'm going to put it in pe- like everything. We're going to make, what else was it? My own thyme and my own rosemary. Two weeks later, I don't know what happened. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you what happened. You're amazing. <laughs> I love you. Just go buy some more and put it there. And it's like, look what you did. Aww. Just <laughs> <laughs> it's a miracle. Oh, my goodness. Water to wine next, Okay. What you feed will grow in your life. What you water will grow. If you water the right relationship with him, if you trust him, if you allow peace to to set root in your life, if you're firmly, it'll grow. And you'll believe, regardless of what's happening around you, that you're not going to fall. You won't falter. You're going to be able to go ahead. You will be able to make it. The last thing is this. The final result of having peace in our lives is an assured victory. Romans 16, 20. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. (coughs) Crush Satan. This this understanding here, this word crush, and and the uh, the Greek is centribo, and it's this understanding of smashing grapes. Okay, you ever seen that before? Smashing grapes underneath your feet, pushing them, crushing them. That sounds like fun, doesn't it? Just, yeah, go to the old country and have some, some grape juice there. You'll love it, okay? But it's this understanding of being crushed under your feet. Completely obliterated and everything inside coming out. That understanding that we will have an assured victory. And if you take that a little bit further, you'll see that he'll, his bones will be broken under your feet. That you will be more than a conqueror for sure. Like that victory is not just an idea of thought, but a soon reality. That he's under your feet. A lot of times we like entertain him a little bit. You're like, you want to go for a ride? Let's do it. And while he's next to you. So do you really think you can do this? Do you think you'll be able to, to finish college? Do you think you'll be able to get a good job? Do you think you'll be, you see what I'm saying by this? Do you think you're smart enough? Is there enough money for that? Is there? That's when you just want to get up and be like, hey, check out my new shoes. He's like, oh, look at the bottom. Read it for me. <laughs> right? You see what I'm saying? This understanding that he is completely obliterated. It's the act of snapping, like I said, breaking and crushing bones. Romans 16, 20 makes it clear that the devil, the enemy, is a defeated foe. We've talked about it from the beginning. But it's so crazy how we need the reminders, don't we? I know I do. 
And most of the time, when he rears his ugly head, his ugly little face, and begins to chatter, is when I get by myself, get down on myself, whatever, and I don't realize, again, I forget that he's a defeated foe. It's done. Do you understand what I'm saying? You have these shoes for the job. You have the offensive, you have the defensive weaponry that you need to fight this fight. Do you understand me? That you're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. That anything is possible and that the enemy is a defeated foe. Literally, we could talk about this forever because we forget it every single day. I know I do. Quickly live a defeated, deflated life because I forget who I am in him. I forget what he's equipped me with. I forget when I open up the closet and I see the armor there before me that, oh, yeah, I'm going to pick those shoes. Because those are shoes are a reminder of how I, I stomped them out yesterday. How I was able to go out and walk with firm footing. I was able, able to walk out and know that I have an assured victory yet another day. Do you understand where I'm coming from here? It's so important for us, but so hard to remember every single day. Satan's only rightful position is under our feet, completely subdued. The only real estate that he has is beneath your feet. That's it. When you put on these shoes, not only do they look amazing, but you'd be able to perform in such a way that you never thought you could before. Because he's under your feet. You'll be able to walk upon him and past him as you go out and do things for God that you've never done before because he's under your feet. Remember when I was a kid, we used to sing those songs, right? In church, I don't know if anybody grew up with this song. He's under my feet. He's under my Oh, Christy, you want to? You I'll do it. They'll do it. She was jamming, though. It was awesome. I love watching. Satan is under my Remember that? Anybody? I went to the enemy's camp, took back. Okay. But I love it when those songs come back into my mind because it's a reminder that even from a young age, I didn't even know it, I was more than a conqueror. Through all the stuff that I went through growing up, I was still more than a conqueror, right? In college, flunking out, almost leaving, more than a conqueror, right? Becoming a, a husband, becoming a father, a pastor, a church planner, more than a conqueror. Why? Because he's under my feet. And he's under your feet. He has no power. He has no authority. You're more than conquerors. You will overcome. Do you hear me? You'll overcome. And that's how I want to end this morning, is this thought in your mind. What do you need to overcome? What is it that, that you feel like is not under your feet that he's thrown at you before? What is it that you need to trample on? What is it that you need to completely just break? And it's up to you. It's up to you. It's all up to you. I love that God is not a dictator. I love that God does not make us love him, that he does not make us be in relationship with him. We choose him. Are you with me? And we have the choice to be free and walk in that freedom. It's up to you. We serve him because we love him, and he gives us everything we need according to life because he loves us. It's up to you. So this is what I want you to do. In your heart this morning, I want you to, to answer these questions. Do I have the peace with God that comes with salvation? And do I have the peace of God that comes as we journey together? 
Do I have that in my life? Is that something that I possess? Is that something that I need? Do you have that this morning? Because he's going to give you peace that surpasses all understanding. In our minds, the only thing that we can comprehend is the struggle of this life. The only thing that we can comprehend is everything that's hurt us. The only thing that we can comprehend is how everyone and everything has failed us. But do you have that peace? Those moments when you lay down at night, you know what I'm talking about. When everything's quiet, or all of a sudden you hear some music come in. Just kidding. But when everything, right? You know what I'm talking about. Your significant other is asleep. Or your, your friends in your dorm room or in your house or bedding down, quieting down finally. And you lay your head on the pillow and everything is still going at 110 miles an hour. Because you don't have peace. It is the worst feeling in the world, right? Where like your insides are just like, you know what I'm saying by that? And your schedule is just running by you. And you're, what am I going to do with this? What am I going to do with that? What am I going to do with this? What am I going to do that? And your future and your dreams, your relationships, just don't have peace in it all. And I love how you just say Jesus' name changes it all. may not be immediate for you. I understand that. It may not be instantaneous, but he gives us a perspective, doesn't he? Because so often... What's our elevation here? 600 feet or something? What does that forget? Something not that, I didn't think it was that great. But he takes us to 30,000. You know what I'm saying by that? He gives us that view from where he sees life. Gives us that Everest look where we see everything and, oh, so that's why you, okay. I see how that, okay. And then that, our, that relationship was for that, okay. That hurt, yeah. It hurts to even look at it, but I see what you did there, okay? And now, so you're, all right, all right. And then, that's good. And then you're to here. We don't know the future. Can't handle it. If we did, you know that. we just stop. Because His mercies and His grace is sufficient for just the day. But we just need peace. We need peace. Peace that comes with relationship with Him. Right? through salvation, wonderful people, the peace that comes with relationship through Him as we walk with Him. And as you look around, all these wonderful people that love you and care about you to walk with as well, that are normal, messed up, broken people. I'm with you, you know that. We're like that box of eggs, all of them broken. But we're all broken together, and we're still valuable. We're still good. We're still worth it. God's going to give you peace that comes by knowing you're in relationship with him and knowing that you get to walk with him for the rest of your life. No greater thing. No greater thing than showing up to school with those new shoes, all fresh and clean, white bottoms, looking good. Then you get your first mark. Go in depression. Then you come back out because you know it's okay. Peace. It surpasses all understanding. It goes beyond that. That's what God wants to grant you this morning. But you got to grab it. Okay? Relationship is a choice. And it's up to you. And what I like about this is this is like the real setting. This is like real life. 
Do it out there. Make it work how it works for you. But love him and walk with him. I've watched as you guys have responded across the congregation over weeks of making commitments to serve God. And it's changed things, hasn't it? That commitment of you, when we locked eyes and you're like, I agree to this, walk with me. It's changed your life because you wanted it. You got to want this. He's not going to make you do anything. You got to want it. And it's got to be real. So just close your eyes with me and just don't skate out on another day of not making a decision. It's not about what you have to give up. All right, that's how I was always. Well, if I give my life over to him, I'm going to be a loser. I'm going to be a big dork. Nobody's going to like me because I'm going to go around all the time just listening to DC talk or something. And No. It's what you gain that's so important. Nobody wants to, to try to clean a fish before they catch it. We don't do that. The Holy Spirit does the work in your life that he can do to help you walk every single day. There's no dress code. There's no certain vernacular that you have to have and speak a certain way if you're a part of the Foundry Church. You just got to love God and love people and give your life to him. And give your life for them. But it's a choice. And what I want you to do, if you feel like you struggle with this, this peace factor when it comes to your relationship with him, that you haven't experienced that initial peace. You know what I'm talking about? When he took away all of your anxiety, your fear, your turmoil, your, your thoughts about the future being unknown and all that jazz. If you don't have that peace in your life, just simply look at me if you don't have that peace. Just lock eyes for just a moment, okay? All right? Anybody else? Just to make sure I don't miss anybody. Okay. This is the peace that goes beyond what you can understand. Do you know what I'm saying? I can't figure out God. I'm done trying. Okay? Everybody asks me these questions. Well, what about this? And what? I don't know. I don't have all the answers. All I know is I trust him and I believe in him and I'm going to keep walking with him. That's what my stupid faith does for me. He's going to do the same for you as you believe. To be perfect, you don't have to have all the answers. You just have to walk. You just have to trust. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to walk. You have to trust. Because we're all broken in our own way and we'll make it together. The other step is this, that maybe the, the walk is a struggle. You don't have that ongoing peace. Maybe you just need like a, a re-up of peace in your life this morning, you know, like a some, some, some new, new maps, new journeys, new ways to find peace with him. Because what you've done before doesn't work. If that's you, just give me a quick look. Just look at me real quick. Okay? All right? All right. So here's, here's the point of decision for us. If you don't know the peace through salvation, all it means is this. God, I'm sorry. I repent, which means I turn, I turn from sin which is all of us. We're all sinners and we've all fallen short. I turn from sin and I turn to you. Help me. Not a prolific prayer. Not some big, grandioso thing. I'm sorry, I repent, I turn. And that's up to you, how you do it. And the second one is, God, I trust you. I trust you that you've equipped me and you will help me and you will get me through. 
As I pray this morning closing, just talk to him about it. If it's an apology and a repentance, do it. Turn from it. Let's go together. If it's a new, a new opportunity, a, a new upping of your faith and your, your peace that you need with him, let's do that too. But let's believe together. So Jesus, we come to you this morning. God, we thank you for your son. We thank you, Jesus, what you've done. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you journey with us. We thank you that you lead us, you convict us, you don't condemn us. You help us. I thank you, God, that I was so broken. I thank you, God, that I was such a mess. I thank you, God, that you allowed me to make decisions that separated me from you. I thank you, God, because now I know what your grace looks like. Mm. God, I had no idea what grace was until you gave it to me. God, we have no idea what grace is unless we receive it from you. God, with our best intentions, we can't do it. We can't give it unless we've received it. And this morning, God, I just pray that an overwhelming blanket of grace will be in this place to free us of our thoughts of how we can't come to you and how we've done too much wrong and how we've been too far away and that all of these things separate me from you. No, 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 no. Your grace is sufficient. God, I don't understand why you do it for me. But you do. And I thank you for it. Help us, God, to live every day with a sense of gratitude for your grace. An understanding that passes anything that I can comprehend in my little pea brain of a mind. That I can be forgiven and that can be reinstated with you. That your design of me being in relationship with you will happen just by believing. Not by fixing a lot of things before I come to you. Not like readying the house for the sale, getting the painting done and getting, no, God, I just come to you a dilapidated structure of a man and you make me better. You repair me and you help me. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. And thank you that I have family to journey with here at the Foundry. So God, as we've made decisions to to pursue your peace this morning, help us to walk in it, help us to live in it, help it to be our lives, help it to be our everyday, help it to be our everything. We love you, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.